Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Today, I want to finish up our talk this morning that we kicked off last week entitled, What's in Your Picture Frame? And you remember we, we uh, introduced this, uh, this, this thought, really. I had gotten it from, uh, I read the story about this, this person that had... Um, uh, been going through a difficult season and their pastor had just encouraged them get you an empty picture frame and set it out somewhere just that it would serve as a reminder to you you see every and here's what the 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 pastor suggested every time you look at it see yourself through what God's word says about you this is why we give you homework like Psalm 34 y'all doing okay with that that's one of my favorites. I really, I love to meditate that. And he told, he, told, he said, listen, when you, when you see the frame, don't make it some weird thing. Don't make it some religious, ritualistic deal. It's just a simple reminder. How many of you could use a reminder from time to time? Listen, I, I know I forget stuff all the time. I had to go to the grocery store yesterday. Tracy was working and I had, she, she sent me a picture of this stuff called Neutrogena something, or not Neutrogena, what was it? She said, never mind. <laughs> it, was, it was not called never mind. <clears throat> but I'm like 10 minutes walking up and down. Because it's not like, you know, well, I was going to say it's not like Lowe's. You can ask somebody, but you can't ask somebody Lowe's either. They don't know. <laughs> and so I finally find this thing. It was like success. <laughs> but I had a picture of it. It, it gave me a clue as to what to look for. See, sometimes we just simply need to be reminded of some of the things that God has made available for us. That's all that the picture frame was to do, was to just be a little reminder, go back to what the Word says. Be a little bit more intentional with our faith, because at the end of the day, guys, you are who God says you are. You can do what the Lord says you can do. You can have what God says you can have. But we have to be on purpose about this way of living. And and every time they looked at the frame, that that was their plan. Be on purpose about it. Make confessions like, I know God is directing my steps. I trust in the fact that his favor and his blessings surround me everywhere I go. That he has already made me the righteousness of God in Christ. That I am a joint heir with Jesus. You see, when we have... When we have these realities settled in our thinking, the world around us is not as successful as it wants to be at distracting us. You understand that the world wants to take your attention so desperately. That's, that's how the enemy works. I mean, and, he, and, and he's learned over the years to, to, to be patient with us. He is very subtle in his deceptions. He could just chip away at you. He could put something on that television telling you what your vision is supposed to look like, and we buy it. Not only do we buy it in our thinking, so, so often we see it and we go out and literally buy it because they said buy this one, right? <clears throat> As we grow in our faith and we, we get to this place where we're not pulled in different directions like James says so often we are children tossed this way and that way with different winds of doctrine different opinions from people when you're a little more settled in these things it won't be so easy for you to drift because we do don't we because we get set in certain things and then all of a sudden one little hiccup doesn't go right there's a there's a really cool picture of this in the old testament how many of you remember a guy named samson I was recently reading about Samson, and Samson was called and anointed by God to lead Israel, and he led Israel for 20 years. But the dude had some issues. One in particular was Delilah. You know, she was corrupt about herself. She was worldly, and Samson kept playing in the world. You see, guys, when you continually play in the world, Going, to the, going, going down the, the path that they want you to think is what's right when God has already told you what's right. Samson knew the truth. 
But he continually spent time with Delilah until one day he woke up and the power was gone. He was doing the same thing he always did. Hello? I mean, we're guilty of these things, aren't we? Because we get in a routine, even as believers, we get in a routine and we get used to doing certain things a certain way. And, and Samson lets us know that you, you can't just stay idle because you will drift. The enemy, will, he will deceive you. God wants us in a place today. I, I really believe this, you all. I believe that we are, the church is living in a time in history <clears throat> that the world needs to see truth. You know, Jesus actually, <clears throat> actually said this. I was listening to a, uh, a panel the other day. Uh, there's a, an author that I read after, and he had a group of people that he was, now he's a believer, and he had a group of people that he was interviewing, and they're all over the place. Some were believers, others were not believers, some of them were completely the opposite of God, and, and so he's asking their opinions about Christianity. And I mean, I'm listening to these, there, there's, there was five or six of them, and most of them young professionals, a couple of them were older, but what I picked up on in this interview was every one of them, every time they would defend their, uh, their stance on what they believed at that time, that's what they started with. Well, I believe. Well, I believe. Well, I believe. And I'm like, that's it right there. See, it's what we believe. And there's only one truth because his whole point was, why is, and this was their argument, why is Christianity so inclusive there's only one way you all do understand there's only one way right well these these people didn't the world doesn't the world will tell you there are there are many ways to God but if the Bible's true then you don't get to pick and choose if the Bible's true then it's all true not just the ones you like it's all true how many of you know there's, you've read and you've, you've got scriptures that you didn't like? Listen, we all have them. We all have those scriptures that, that God deals with us about that calls us on our junk. What's in your picture frame? What are you looking at? Because if you don't stay, now once again, I have to, because if you are born again, if you believe that Jesus died, and rose from the grave, and you confess that, then you are born again. Heaven is your home. I'm not talking about making, to, making it to heaven. We're talking about being a representative of the body of Christ while we're on the planet. We have this little window of time to make an impact in our circle. But so often, instead of us being the, if you will, the thermostat in the room, we become the thermometer in the room. Big difference between the two. See, you, when you show up on your job, in your break room, in your circle of people, now never out of this arrogant, religious, th that stuff is, is completely anti-God. This is why you have to be rooted and grounded in love because Jesus said truth will, will set you free. So all you've got to do is display truth, tell people truth in a loving, compassionate way, and it'll, that seed will take root in their heart. And sometimes it takes, it takes time for that to happen. This is why the Apostle Paul prayed the way he would pray. Some of the prayers in the New Testament that Paul prayed, I mean, the Holy Spirit knew exactly what he was going to be dealing with in, you know, our time in history. And Paul prayed stuff like this, Lord, that their soul would be enlightened, that we could walk in the riches of his glory. Now, why would, why would the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, pray that we could walk in the riches of God's glory if we couldn't? Actually, Paul, in the letter to the Philippian church, says, says this, that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But you need to get to the place where you're trusting God instead of comparing yourself with somebody else that, that may have a job that pays more than yours. Or you're looking at somebody else and they got the new, latest, greatest, hottest, whatever, with 500 easy payments. <laughs> Come on now. And we look at them and we think, man, I wish I had that. Do you? I was talking to somebody the other day. My truck is a 2014. The thing I love the most about my truck, paid for. 
paid for. I will drive that thing till it, it can't. Yeah, but it, it doesn't look like the new Tundra. I know the new Tundra is very cool, isn't it? <laughs> and if I put that new Tundra in my picture frame, it will mess with me. <laughs> Come on, Gary. You got a good credit score. <laughs> I can hook you up. No, no. <laughs> Too many of y'all laughing at that stuff because it hits home, right? That's, that's what we deal with. And, and so often, instead of just keeping your eyes on Jesus, you see, this is why Paul's praying that our soul would be enlightened so that we can walk in the riches of his glory, that we can operate in the greatness of his power. I mean, that, is a, that, that prayer just blows my mind. By the way, it's in Ephesians 1 if you ever want to go check that out. But Paul is praying these things for a reason so that we get this revelation that these are things that we can do. That's why Jesus said, you watch me. Do it like I did it. Huh? See, God wants to use every one of us. This is one of your big take-homes today. Yeah, well, Pastor, I'm really, I don't know a lot about the Bible. Hey, the dudes that follow Jesus, y'all ready for this? Didn't have one. Okay? And they changed the world. So you're okay. You're in good company. If you don't know a lot about the Bible, guess what? Most of us don't really. I know some people try to pretend like they're these deep theological, you know, geniuses. But, you know, outside the Holy Spirit, can I tell you a quick story? I probably told it a hundred times, but it's one of my favorite stories. It always helps me with perspective. But there's a minister that I used to follow years ago that graduated from the same school I did. And he pastors in another country, but a mega church. And they were at a hotel having a, some meetings going on, and there was some other kind of business conference. Now, my wife works in the secular world, and I've been to some of their business meetings. They, they celebrate. Right? Not Jesus. <laughs> and so he's, he, he's, they're done, and he's in the elevator going to his room at this uh, hotel, and there's a group of these people that get on the elevator with him. And they're lit. Y'all know what lit means? Okay. And, and he's being critical. He's like, God, why did you? Just in his mind, he's not saying anything. He's just standing in the back of the elevator criticizing all these people that, are, that, that got their buzz on. Lord, why, why did you let them get on this elevator? And they're, they're, they got foul language and all the different things. And a few floors up. Elevator doors open and they get off and he's like, thank you, God. Now, he, he's not hearing voices, but just in his heart, he, he, he tells this story. He said, the Lord checked him really sternly. He says, hey, the only difference between them and you is me. That's it. So often we're so critical of somebody else's stuff. One of the things that I've noticed, especially with people that are trying to dig in and grow, and not grow spiritually, but grow religiously, we see everybody else's stuff in their frame but our own. Thank you for that amen. The rest of y'all, you sit there and take it. You know it's the truth. It's so easy and the enemy, will, the enemy will, he will be more than happy to accommodate us into fault finding everybody else. I was telling the story the other night in, in our healing class uh, that Jesus was teaching. The Bible says that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came from three different cities and packed out the building. And not a one of, and, and the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Them means those religious people. But none of them got healed. And when the dude that did get healed got there, the place was packed with all the religious people. I mean, they, they had all their fancy chariots and donkeys parked outside, couldn't even get in. So they had to go up on the roof and tear a hole in the roof of this building. Now, can you imagine that that happened today? Jesus told, Jesus told the guy, they were, they're getting ready to let him down through the roof. Said, wait a minute, let, we, let me check and see if it's the Father's will first before you tear the hole up. None of that nonsense that we teach today. They tore a hole in the roof, let the guy down. He's come, can you imagine? If, you ever, if you've seen the episode in The Chosen, they're all letting him down, and he's just looking at everybody, and he's looking at, hey, Jesus. And, you know. <laughs> yes. And he walked away. Walked. Never walked before. Yeah. See, there are times that Jesus will ask us to do things that won't make sense. 
And we have to be at this place where we're not worried about all the other opinions of the religious world, all the people, because that's the thing that, that's the story that that pastor, when he shared that, the Lord just, man, he seared that in my soul because I've been guilty of that same thing, looking at other people's junk. Derek, by now, you oughta, you shoulda. Well, all of us, to some degree, shoulda, oughta, coulda, woulda, something, you know, but we're all still clay on the potter's wheel. And so often it's just easier to yield to those things, especially when, like Samson, and you find yourself drifting away. See, God wants to use every one of us to give the people we come in contact with a glimpse of what a new life in Jesus looks like. Because I think so often what people want to see is, well, everything's perfect and great when you belong to Jesus. Have you read the Bible? (laughs) You will face challenging situations sometimes. We will encounter difficulties. The enemy, I I was talking to someone the other day, the enemy, you all do understand, Paul, in his uh, letter to the young minister, Timothy, he talks to Timothy like a soul. He says, Timothy, like a good soldier. How many of you have been in the military of any any branches? Did, Did they ever send you an email asking you where you'd like to be stationed? No, it doesn't work like that. Military, you get an assignment and it's yes, sir, or yes, ma'am today, you know, whatever, it's, you know, happy to do it. See, this is the thing that we have to get to in this approach with our life, not legalistically, but understanding that there is an enemy that wants to keep the church ineffective. And he has learned throughout history, early on, as a matter of fact, at the birth of the church, that if he can keep the church divided, if he can keep the church at odds, oh, you all believe that over there? We don't believe that. Oh, you all do that? We don't do that. Okay. And what's your point? That's why they have a salad bar, not just salad. Matter of fact, I would prefer, instead of the salad bar, the hot bar. You know, with all the good, all the good, all the good, thank, thank you, Greg, all the good stuff. You have a variety. I mean, just think about it for a second. If your only meal every day of every week was potatoes. Well, I had potatoes back in 73. Huh? Seriously, what if that was it? See, God, love, he loves variety. So quit getting hung up on the name on a building because we don't. Y'all okay with this? Yeah. See, Paul wants us at a place where we can sit down in the break room with somebody, meet somebody in the checkout line at a grocery store, and have a conversation about Jesus and it not be all religious and it not be all about the name on the building and my way or the highway. When you get to heaven, you're going to be shocked at some of the, you're going to be like, whoa, you made it? <laughs> What's crazy, they may look at you and say the same thing, like, dang, you did too. <laughs> Seriously, guys, we need to stop this. There is a world that desperately, desperately needs Jesus, and we have the answer. Truth will make you free. Stop trying to impress somebody with your religious mess. It ain't all that. Listen, you can, you can duct tape a Bible to your head and have your Jesus shirt on. And you're not going to make a difference in this world, but look silly. What's that Bible taped to your head for? Because I'm trying to be spiritual. Yeah. It starts by, like Paul said, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding. Enlighten their soul so that they can comprehend the realities of this new world that they can walk in the riches of your glory, that they can operate in the exceeding greatness of your power. Paul said, I did not come to you all with persuasive words, but in the demonstration of power. See, the demonstration of power is you extend love to somebody that that doesn't, doesn't deserve it. Instead of putting them in their place, are you ready for this? Put yourself in their place. You don't know what they're going through. Y'all okay with, is it, this isn't too hard, is it? Okay. Because as we begin to yield to these things and begin to take these steps of faith, listen to Paul. He continues in Ephesians 1. He continues with this in verse 3. All praise to God, 
the Father of our Lord Jesus. Who's Lord Jesus? Ours. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, what's that mean? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And a lot of times when I bring this up in conversations, that's what that's unbelievers push back. Yeah, well, Pastor, but that's in heavenly realms. Read the rest of the verse, knucklehead. <laughs> he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly bless, in, in heavenly in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. One of the things I love about the New Living is in is is in this particular. Uh, translation that they use is the phrase because your more traditional writings just say in Christ we are in Christ but this 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 wording kind of gives you a better visual we are united with him we are one with him where he goes we go you're like man what do you mean where he goes you I'm talking about not your flesh you in Kentucky Hmm? but your spirit is connected with the Lord So whether you're in a difficult season in your life, whether you're facing an uphill battle, a challenging situation, or for some of you, maybe you're in a season where things are going great. I mean, the blessings are rolling. I mean, you get up in the morning and beep, 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 the blessing truck just backing up to your house. You're like, yes, hallelujah. But some of you are like, Lord, why, why, why am I dealing with this? Listen, guys, we will all go through different stages of battles and challenges. Even in the middle of the blessing, some of these guys, the Apostle Paul, he's the one in writing this stuff from jail. You got that? So regardless of your situation, it's important for us to remember that he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's with us every step of the way. God will never leave you. You don't ever have to say, Lord, where are you? He will never leave you. I think sometimes the real kind of self-evaluation should be this. Lord, how did I drift? Because I know you're here and I'm going through this. So thank you, God, that you got me. Thank you, Lord, that you got me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Remember we talked about joy last week? We're going to touch on that a little bit more today. I don't think we really covered that thoroughly enough. But when you know that he's with you, when you know that he arms you with strength, that he will enlarge your path, that he surrounds you with his favor. Y'all know those are all scriptures? See, when you're sharing the things of God with people, you don't have to give a scriptural reference all the time. Just say what the Lord said. Because you are the vessel of God today. He is always, I love this one from the Apostle Paul, he always leads me in a triumphant victory. Always leads me in victory. Always leads me in victory. Yeah, but you just got slapped down. Always leads me in victory. See, when you get up, if you get back up, brush yourself off. Lord, that hurt. I know it did, didn't it? Huh? Yeah. I can remember one time I was little, and uh, I, you know, we were poor. So I remember my mom worked and worked and worked to pay for this, for my first new I, I mean, we had junker bikes. Y'all know what junker bikes are? You get stuff left over and you put it all together. You got, some of y'all can't even relate to that. Can you like, what? What's a junker bike? <laughs> it had all different kind of colors and parts and stuff you got to make it work. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm wrong group. My bad. Praise God y'all are blessed. I got my first bike and I am flying. I mean, I'm all over the place. I'm rolling. And the mailman stops to do his thing and when he does he doesn't see me and opens his door I mean I, I'm flying through he's little, I'm like and face plant in the pavement just I don't even know why I'm telling you this story other than the fact that <laughs> sometimes bad things happen to good people I was a little kid Huh? You think God wanted me to do a face plant in the pavement and wreck? I was more worried about my new yellow 10-speed, man. It had scratches on it. I was tore up. See, this is the thing, guys. When you're in one of those tough situations, 
Sometimes you just got to know that God's right there to help you with it. He's going to bring you through it. He's, 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 he's surrounded you with his favor. And even though that we are these born again heirs of the kingdom of heaven, here's something you got to get today. Because of free will, please, please understand this, because of free will, the responsibility, it still belongs to us to make ourselves available to God. He won't force you. He will not, guys. I know a lot of people love to say God's in control of everything, but if he was, then he'd be in control of your mouth. He'd be in control of your love walk. He'd be in control of your wallet. If he was in control of everything, he's not. He will not override your will. What he will be in control of is every person that gives their life to him. That's why he, listen, listen carefully, that's why Jesus said, follow me. And I'll make you. He didn't just say, I'll make you. What's first? Follow. See, it's up to us to follow him. And when we begin to follow him and we develop the habit of thinking the things of God. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You can be in the middle of one of your most difficult seasons and the Lord will give you a peace that doesn't make sense. I can tell you from experience, I've been through some stuff, man. And I'm like, Lord, thank you that you got me. Sometimes you just got to laugh at the devil. You tried hard, didn't you, loser? <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all probably don't ever talk like that to the enemy, do you? But I'll put him in his place in a minute. Yeah. That's why James said, Paul actually said this, resist the devil. James said, give no place to him. You can't, you can't come here. It's my house. I rebuke you. It's our responsibility to, to develop the right kind of thinking, which will always, when, and when you start thinking more about the things of God, not religious practices, not denominational philosophies, but when you begin to think the things of God, it will always bring clarity to your vision, to your calling, your assignment, whatever you want to call it, because every one of you in this room have an assignment. Every one of you. And part of that assignment is going to be doing something in a local body, but a big chunk of it is going to be the body out in your circle of influence. See, my niece, Samantha, she comes in here. I know y'all probably don't realize this, but she comes in here every Tuesday of volunteers and cleans the bathrooms. She's my hero. I know y'all think a little angel just comes and does. Well, she is a little angel. But she comes and volunteers to clean bathrooms. I mean, is that something? Don't get too excited about cleaning bathrooms. You're like, no, don't ask me to do that, Reverend. I'm not going to ask any of you to do it. The Lord will deal with you about things. The Lord will deal with you about going to do things that might be uncomfortable with you on your job, talking to gutter mouth. Like, what's that mean? You know what it means. Yeah. When you get your thinking right, it brings clarity to your assignment. Now, let's keep going with the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. Check this out in verse 6. For he, talking about the Father, raised us from the dead along. Now, now you really, let me slow down a minute because I read this about 10 times this morning. I wrote this last week because normally I have to have my sermon done for Paula at least. I try to have it done by Wednesday. So that means I've been meditating this thing and meditating this thing. So I don't know how many times I've looked over this and meditated this passage but I would encourage you in your time this afternoon, go, go look at these few verses and, and slow down for a minute and let the Holy Spirit give you some insight. He, God, raised us. You could put your name there. God raised Gary from the dead with Christ. Weird, right? Doesn't even make sense, does it? It's not of the senses. It's spiritual. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him. Where? In the heavenly realms. Wait a minute. I see you. How are you seated in the heavenly realms? I see you. Come on, y'all. Is this passage, is it true? Well, Reverend, that's really not what it meant. Well, help me then. What did it mean? I don't think God plays games. I think he knew exactly what he was saying. I think the bulk of us, we read something like this because for years I've read it and just went on to verse 7, 
verse 8, on and on, like, I don't even know what that said. I'm, I'm with Christ and, and just left it at that. Spiritually, we are seated with him in the heavenly realms because, here's that phrase again, we are united with him. You got that? You're with Christ. Christ is with you. We're, our spirits are one. Now, this body, it belongs to this planet. It will go back to the dirt. Watch this, verse 7. So God can point to, now, Jack, this really messed with me when I read this. You got to give this some thought. So God can point to us in future ages. What? What's that mean? Future ages? Guys, understand, there is going to be a season very soon that the church age will be closed. Well, what does that mean? That means that justification by faith will, will take on a different, I don't know what it, what it will look like, but obviously this one, he tells us that this dispensation will close, come to an end. So he's going to point to us, I, this is how I visualize it, 10,000 years from now, gravy will be walking around and they'll be saying they're one of them. Isn't that right, Jack? They're one of the church. They're one of the redeemed, one of those that believed without seeing, paid for by the blood of Jesus. Because in the ages to come, and we don't see all of this yet, but Paul gives us a little glimpse into this, and I don't have the fullness of this. Maybe some of you all could help me out with this a little bit. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he has, has done for us who are united with him. See, we are in Christ. We are united with him. And then he says this in verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Of all creation, we're it. We're God's masterpiece. What, when, when Jesus said, guys, if you've seen me, okay, are we, where are we? Amen. We're in Christ. We're united with him. Wouldn't it be awesome when, when you, you can tell your coworkers, now don't do this because it would freak the religious world out. Guys, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. They'll <laughs> choke on that. But it is true. Are you, are you united with Christ? If you're in him, he's the body, or actually the Paul goes on to say, he's the head and we're the body. You know, I've told you this before, you know, I'll see, I'll see somebody's truck going down the road. Like, you know, the other day I saw John's little blue Toyota. I'm like, there goes John. Well, I didn't see John. I saw his little Toyota. But he, somebody was in it. Huh? You're in Christ. Oh, there goes Jesus. I know religion just chokes on that. That's crazy. That's a little far-fetched. Is it? Maybe you need to go back and reread some of this stuff. Let the Holy Spirit open. This is why Paul said, God, open the eyes of their understanding so they can see these truths about who we really are as these born-again children of God. I mean, you got kids, right? You know, you think those of you that have children, does one get... Now, they may get a better benefit for something they did to obey you, mom and dad, but they don't get a better place at the table. No, they're the same, right? They're your children. We're God's children. Are you, are you getting this? You think about it right now. Now, this, this whole talk is about you kind of self-evaluating, so don't worry about somebody else, but what's in your picture frame? What's? Your focus, what occupies your thought life, what gets, this, this is a big one, what gets the bulk of your meditation? Because see, this, some of these things you need to slow down and just meditate the word. The Joshua 1.8 principle is a, is, a, is a valid spiritual principle that will change your life if you'll meditate in God's word when. When does it say? Some of you don't even want to say it. No, 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 no. I don't have time for day and night. I'm busy. Well, you do, really. You could turn off that favorite country song that you've heard a thousand times. <clears throat> you know, Morgan Wallen, he's got a really cool song I like right now about the Bible being on the table. I know some of y'all heard that. Quit acting all spiritual up in here. 
Like, Morgan Wallen, who's that? You need to get saved right now. <laughs> I'm just playing. <clears throat> but instead of listening to that song again, because you got, you, you, you got it memorized. Remember, was it last week that ACDC song come up? In, where, I mean, I ain't heard ACDC since I was probably 20. And I mean, it was down in there, buried, <laughs> and just came out. And, and listen, all of y'all, a bunch of you could have sung it with me. Like, I, I got you, Pastor, yeah. Where did it come from? What gets your focus? See, sometimes turn that radio off and get one of these scriptures out of Psalm 34 and begin to meditate it. Think on these things. Get your thinking dialed in. Be a little bit more intentional about what's in your picture frame. Paul says it like this in the letter to the Philippian church. Now, in chapter 4, Paul starts out with this radical statement. He says, hey guys, rejoice in the Lord always. Nope, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what she did to me or he did to me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice, and then he goes to the next passage, and he says this, and be anxious for nothing. I mean, Paul, sometimes Paul just knocks it out the park. I mean, he's on a roll. Rejoice always, be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God will pass all your understanding. And then he says this in verse 8, finally... Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely or of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, you meditate these things. He's telling you, get your mind dialed into the right stuff, you all. Quit rehearsing what somebody did or didn't do to you. You know, as a pastor, I have to deal with stuff like this all the time that people, you know, did or didn't do or I did that they didn't approve of on and on. Because they want, you know, it's, it's a constant thing. You got to think on the right things. Paul actually takes it even deeper in the book of Romans. He says, those who walk in the spirit. Did you know you could walk in the spirit? Those who walk in the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So be on purpose about these things. And I always encourage you all when I say this, when, you, when it comes to you thinking and being spiritual, that doesn't mean weird. It doesn't mean religious. You be you. You know, if you've got a fun, upbeat personality and you like to cut up, then that's what, listen, the world needs more of that. There's enough seriousness going on in, in, in society today. They need to see somebody showing up with a smile on their face, with a little joy in their heart. Remember, I, I talked about this last week. James says this, everything good and perfect comes from God who never changes. So guys, don't just look out for God's goodness for your own life. Take it a step further. Why don't you look to be used to extend the goodness to somebody? Lord, where can, I, where can I be a blessing today? Hmm? How can I encourage someone today? Well, go back to thinking the right stuff. Well, I, don't, I, I couldn't make a difference. Said who? I mean, have you read some of the Old Testament people that God used? God used Samson. Now, Samson did some heathen stuff, man. I got to thinking about one of the things he did. All you animal lovers, I'm sorry. My man took foxes and tied their... Can you imagine tying... What if you took your two dogs, Sherry, and tied their tails together? <laughs> She's like, they don't have tails. Oh, you cut them off? <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> but he tied their tails together with a torch in between them and lit the torches and sent them out into the field. What's wrong with him? <laughs> huh? This guy did some crazy stuff like that. He did some gross stuff. He ate honey out of a dead animal carcass. I'm not doing that. I don't care if my name is Samson. I'm not, I'm not going to go scoop some honey out of... No, I, mm -mm. Yeah. See, sometimes, guys, just 
dial it back a notch and let the Holy Spirit help you with some of these things. James, in agreement with King David, he's simply trying to help us to acknowledge God is good. God is good. That's what David said in Psalm 38 or or in Psalm 34 verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then he says this, oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. See, when you set up camp with God, you're going to have, the, the, the joy level is going to begin to, I know some of you are like, man, I don't want to hear about a bunch of joy today. You're the one that needs it the most because you're being led by emotion. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm not saying you're not going through a difficult season in life. We will all face those from time to time. But learning how to trust in the Lord in those times. David said it like this in Psalm 16, you will show me the path of life. He's talking to the Father. God, I know you will show me the path of life. And in your presence, fullness of joy. Remember, I've used this illustration many times back in the day. I used to have this old, it was a a Camaro, but it was old, busted, rusted. So it wasn't cool, Camaro. And nothing worked, no speed, nothing worked on it. No gauges. Remember, I've told you this. Well, how did you know when the gas tank was full? You just held the trigger till it kicked back on you. Right? Well, how are you going to know when you're full of joy? Just hold the trigger of God till it kicks out of you. You walking around in joy just like, what's wrong with you? I ain't never seen you act that way before. What's the joy of the Lord? Huh? You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, guys, these days that we're living in now, life can be busy, hectic, noisy, emotional, dealing with stuff, and making time to be in his presence is where you get refreshed and restored. See, for some of you, you're just coming in here for a minute and unhooking from the world, having a little worship song with your family and then listen to a little bit of a word that the Holy Spirit will tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, it's okay, I got you. Come on, trust me a little bit. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Don't lean on your own understanding. Yeah? See, if you think about joy for a second, see, joy and happiness are not the same thing. Joy is actually a supernatural force ordained by God for his people and make no mistake I could tell you this from experience and this is one of the things you 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 know once you begin to practice some of these things joy is a contagious quality and there's no vaccine for it (laughs) think about it for a second who would you rather hang around somebody full of joy or Mr. Serious, no fun. Modern day Pharisee. No, give me some joy in a minute. And here's something else to think about. Since joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, I think it would be fair to say this, that being joyful is just us simply being, you know, allowing him to express himself through us because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, what's wrong with you? Man, it's just the Holy Ghost. I watched a movie years ago. Um, I, I like... Uh, fun movies, you know, but Mark Wahlberg was in this movie uh, where they had these Mini Coopers. What was that movie called? Italian Job. And the dude's sitting at the luggage terminal, and all of a sudden that, he got a successful breakthrough with what he was hacking all the street lights and stuff. And he gave a big shout, and he said, Oh, I got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I guess now you have to go watch it and see what I'm talking about. Sometimes you need to be excited about the things of God because it is contagious and it is an expression of his personality. You see, God knows that joy is very attractive on people. I love it. I was in the sound booth a while ago and I heard Stephanie. I heard that laugh coming through the door, <laughs> right? Like, like we all like, who's that? I'm like, right there. Huh? You need to be this way with your joy. Now, not fake. All right? But so often, it will draw people to you. They'll be wanting to hang around you in the middle of difficulties. You know, when they're struggling, when they've got fears and worries and things are going on, get closer to him. 
Listen to David. He continues this in Psalm 34. Those who look to him, check it out, will be radiant with joy. Like, man, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I guess I've just been hanging out with God too much. I've been looking, I've been looking to the Lord too much. You know, like, it, says, it says radiant with joy. I mean, it's like there's just joy coming out of you. Like, man, let me get some of that. No, and then he says this, and no shadow of shame will darken their face. Man, I'm telling you guys, when you take the time to put to practice Psalm 34, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your, your perspective on how you navigate the ups and downs of things that you face. You see, people of faith have to realize this. In God's presence, now this is, this is a, a big one for you today. In his presence will never, please get this, will never be on accident. You will not just look up one day and say, oh, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Dang, gone it. I didn't even mean to be here. No. <laughs> you will never find yourself because the enemy, he, would, he will make sure. Listen, let me kind of help you with this just a minute. The kingdom of darkness doesn't have to worry about people that belong to the kingdom of darkness. They're no threat to his kingdom. All he's got to do is let them continue watching TV and manipulate them and, and social media and all this, and, and he's got them. He is, because there are only so many demons on the planet, y'all. They don't get to reproduce. That doesn't have, that's not biblical. I know some people got some goofy doctrines out there about, no. There's only so many. And so they can only be in one place. They're not, they're, I know they are anti-Christ. They, they, they can't be like Jesus. They can't, now not Jesus on the planet, but the Christ. He's omnipresent. You with me? He, that's the Holy Spirit. He can be anywhere, all over the place at the same time. Not the kingdom of darkness. So they will isolate and harass people that are trying to make a difference. That's what, thank you, Lord. That's what Jesus meant when he said, Peter, this day, that revelation that, that you, you got that I am the Christ, the gates of hell cannot stop it. That's what, he, he, gates don't attack. You think about a gate, what's a gate do? It keeps people in or it keeps people out. And he said, the gates of hell are not going to be able to stop what you got because I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And when you understand this, the enemy's going to try to keep you deceived. He's not going to show up with his red tail on the pitchfork. Boom! <laughs> He's not going to do that. He's going to manipulate you. Oh, that doesn't work. No, you can't do that. You really think that's what that scripture means? He's going to harass you because you're getting ready to go take somebody out of his kingdom and the gates of hell can't stop it. You're going to reach right over. You're not, you're not some demon hunter rebuking a bunch of devils. No, stop that garbage. The kingdom of darkness is defeated. All you got to do is go tell somebody truth and they're like, the seed takes and the light comes like, oh yeah, I want that. Every one of us in this room, that's what happened to us at some point. I know some of you, you may have been raised in church your whole life. Well, that's an awesome testimony. But a bunch of us wasn't. And then all of a sudden, the revelation came one day. You see, people of faith, you got to realize it, guys. Getting in God's presence, this is how you develop and become stronger in who you are. Hebrews 11 actually helps us see a little clarity in this. It, it, it brings us to this point where it says this. Anyone who comes to God must believe. You, you got to do what? Remember I was telling you the story in the beginning about this panel of people that I was listening to and a bunch of them, they believe there's all kinds of different ways to God, all kinds of different gods and heaven's this different thing and all of them. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe this. We all believe something. Every one of us in this room, we today live within the boundaries of a belief system that we've established over the years. What do you believe today? Well, I believe in Jesus. Great. Then heaven is your home. But do you believe some of these other things? Because he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Say rewarder. God is a rewarder of those who will sincerely, diligently, not legalistically, but be diligent about the things of God. See, if you're going to be good at anything... You know, I use my golf game all the time. Uh, Derek, he's continually reminding me of that. I know. Listen, I was so jacked up the other day. I, I, we were talking about something, and we're playing golf, 
And, and I'm actually doing okay this time. But I got, a, I got a L8 and a pecan pie. And I only drink about, because the rule is my staff knows after 3 o'clock, no caffeine. Well, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. And, <laughs> and I am, I'm so jacked up on this sugar high. I mean, it's like my heart's, my chest, it's just like, and I can't focus for nothing. And I'm in, yeah, so anyway, there's like, man, get you some water or something. <laughs> I don't know. My point is this. You will not be good at anything on accident. If I'm going to get any better at golf, then I'm going to have to put some work in. Now, don't think religious, legalistic, but if you want to be better as a follower of Jesus, you got to at least give him some attention. Yeah? Yeah? You got to put the word, not legalistic, not pharisaical. You, you want to yield to him. You want to follow him. You want to change your thinking. You want to listen to the things he tells you. See, God already has rewards in place for those that are seeking him. But remember, he will reward those who diligently, not casually. There is a reward for your diligence. God will honor your faith. So don't get sucked in, you know, in the middle of this process, don't get sucked into going after titles and positions and all that stuff. I could tell you over the years as a pastor, I've had people come to me and bring their resume. I don't mean literally on a piece of paper bring their resume, but in a conversation, they want to let me know all their skills, you know. Okay. But until the Lord leads me into something, Right? See, as we, go, as we grow closer in our relationship with the Lord, the more we're going to acknowledge him, watch this today. As we grow closer, the more we will acknowledge him as Lord and not just Savior. See, a lot of us, we know, we trust in, count on, we are comfortable with the fact that he is our Savior. Heaven is our home. But you do understand, Lord means something completely different, right? That was, that was one of the famous lines that we've wore Derek out with. Woman, know your role. Now, that was a joke. So some of y'all are like, well, does he talk to Leslie? Do you know Leslie? <laughs> Not for a second. Yeah. But sometimes us knowing our role and yielding to him, not just embracing him as Savior, but yielding to him as Lord. That means what he says, yes, Lord. Oh, you said rejoice? I don't feel like rejoicing. Suck it up. I said rejoice. See, sometimes you got to rejoice by faith. See, keeping Jesus at the center of what we do, at the center of our vision, Keeping him as the focus of our purpose, keeping him in our picture frame, what's going to do, what, what will happen there is it, it automatically transforms. According to Romans 12, it transforms our thinking and it makes room for his lordship in our life. That way, he can lead you at the checkout line at a grocery store, he can lead you at a stop sign. Something I did the other day, and, and now I haven't been obedient to it yet, but I'm going to get there. I, uh, I don't know where I was at, but they had these umbrellas, cheap umbrellas on sale. And so I bought a couple, couple of them and threw them in the back floorboard of my truck. Because you always see people out walking in the rain with no umbrella. I'm like, didn't y'all check the weather app on your phone before you went out? Well, they may not have a phone with a weather app. But anyway, it was just one of them little things to do. Now, now I'm ready. I got umbrellas in my truck, so the next time I see somebody out, why? Well, because I, I, I know that's something just silly and ridiculous, Oh, but it probably won't be to them that day. They're getting soaked, and I'm like, hey, man, got you covered. An umbrella. I think it cost me $5. So I'm ready. Little things like that. I'm telling you, God will lead you to do stuff that won't make sense to you at all. 
Are you ready to be that blessing? Are you looking to him to be the Lord in your life? He's not going to, I know a lot of us are like, man, just let me have a sermon like pastor and bring, bring something deep. No, there's enough deep out there. Listen, all you got to do is go on whatever kind of search you want to. There's plenty of deep. So many people get confused with deep. You don't need deep. You know what you need? Simple. The guys that changed the world for Jesus, he didn't ask for their, you know, uh, manuscripts from where they went to school. Oh, you went where? Oh, you didn't go to college? No, he said, hey, come here. Matter of fact, remember Matthew? Matthew probably did go to college. One of those, you know, that's how you get corrupt. See, guys, listen, I'm not saying there's not good ones out there, but there's a lot of junk out there today. You need to be, you, if you're sending your kid off to college, you need to be Holy Spirit-led. Otherwise, they come back with a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, that's the word, indoctrinated. Anyway, y'all know that stuff. See, guys, there can only be, man, y'all have listened good today. My, I had this whole thing with Psalm 34 we were going to go through. I didn't make that. <laughs> y'all listen good today. There can only be one first, right? And Jesus told us to put him first, to put him and his kingdom first. Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else. What's that mean? Above all else. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You don't have to go after this stuff. If you just put the things of God first, he's going to meet your needs. Now, it, it may not come in this perfect little package that we've already had um, our mind made up that we've got this preconceived idea. Okay, Lord. No. He may take you, instead of going the short path, he may take you around through the desert. Yeah? Listen to the message in this. Steep, I'll get you out of here with this. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provision. Don't worry about missing out. And you'll find all your everyday concerns will be met. David said it like this in Psalm 34. Those who seek the Lord, they will lack no good thing. See, this is the thing, guys. This is what God's wanting us to kind of take away from this, if you will. Putting our focus right. Not out of some religious legalistic thing, but out of a relationship thing. You are a new creation in Christ. You are born again. Let me say this, closing number two. You can't talk the promise and the problem at the same time. You can't. You can't, guys. Get your mind dialed in. Our words, James has it right, our words set the course of our life. It's the rudder of our ship. You've got to begin to speak the things of God over your life. David says it like this in Psalm 9, I will praise you with all my heart. And I will be filled with joy because of you. And I will tell everyone of your marvelous works. Who's going to do the telling? At some point, we simply have to make our mind up to take a step of faith. That's what that whole story was about with a simple little empty picture frame. Just a reminder, you are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. You can have what God says you can have. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. He does go before you. He is your rear guard. He arms you with strength. He will make your way perfect. But you've got to follow his lead in it and trust him and, and, and begin to take these steps of faith as he leads you. Amen? So if you're in this room today and you've never given your life to Jesus, we've made it very simple. Take a step of faith. We as a church family, we love to say the prayer out loud with you so that you're not by yourself. But if you're in this room, as we say it, say the prayer with us. If you're listening or watching, take a step of faith today. 
give Jesus a chance. It's very simple. You just believe, make a decision. I believe Jesus is real. I believe he died and he's alive today. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Just simply take a step of faith, say the prayer, give Jesus a chance in your life. If you're in the room or you're listening or watching, church family, let's help them with this. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, do me a favor, stop by our information desk out there. We've got a gift for you, just kind of help you get started in your journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, you got to tell somebody, man. Let them know that your life just changed for the greater good and you've made the greatest decision in your life to become part of God's family. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.